Hi, my name is Dr. Patricia Morogami. Welcome to your next best self. I know you might be wondering, who's this Dr. Patricia Morogami? Well, I'm a leadership catalyst, a leadership coach, an educator on matters to do with life, leadership, love, and legacy. And I hope that as you start to listen in and practice some of the leadership insights we'll be sharing here, you'll begin to see your next best self. Thank you so much for your feedback on part one of how wealthy are you? And today I want to build on that part one and focus on a couple more types of wealth. And many of you are like, so what happened to the money wealth, asset wealth? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And the reason why we were so intentional when we recorded the first part was because all those parts contribute to your financial wealth. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about time wealth. I don't know that you've met people who say, I'm so time poor. I have no time. Mm -hmm. They almost have a mindset of not having any time on their hands to do anything that they would enjoy or anything that they like. And that's like a time poverty mentality. I've met even 25-year-olds who feel they are running out of time. <laughs> and I can understand because I think that life is really moving fast. But I just a shout out to all my sisters and brothers who are in their 20s and 30s. You're not running out of time. But at the same time, you need to use your time wisely. So this idea of being time wealthy means that you actually have the freedom and the ability to choose to do with your time what it is that you'd like to do. And that requires us to have gone through many seasons, which I call wilderness seasons, when you are actually time poor, when you had to work long hours, you had to really build your character to get to the point where some of my friends who are in their sizzling 60s tell me they wake up and they plan their week according to what it is they feel they want to do, the people they want to serve, the relationships they want to nurture. And I keep telling them, when I grow up, mm -hmm, I want to be exactly like you. So examine yourself and how you look at time and, and see that in a paradoxical kind of way, you have time and you kind of don't have time. In other words, time is precious. Let's not waste it. But at the same time, let's not be frantic and be what are called rushing people, always rushing from one thing to the next because we feel a sense of panic around the time that we have and the things we need to do. So check your mindset because time wealth can also be as disassociated with age. I mean, I've met people who are much younger but have so much wisdom. You know what they say, for some people you grow old and wise, for others... Um, you just grow old. <laughs> In other words, the wisdom doesn't come. So I've also seen mature people who actually are able to be very clear about their priorities in the season they're in. So the trick here is to figure out what season are you in and what are your non-negotiables and what are the things that you need to do that also add life into your own life. Mm -hmm. And then from there, make a decision as to how to use that time time wealth. Experience wealth is another one. I think um, I am the kind of person who has had to do very many things over my, my career. And at some point, I thought I was a confused person. And now when I meet people who are multipotentialites, who have range, meaning that they have the ability to choose 
and do many things because maybe they're talented, they're gifted, or they have the interest. I think it's a wonderful thing because your ability to have range uh, as well as depth is actually what is going to help you become future ready. And so experience wealth is the ability to look back and see your failures, to see the things that have happened in your life and to see the positives and the negatives as an opportunity to grow, as an opportunity to mentor others and as an opportunity to do more with what you have. So check, do you have experience wealth? And is that experience wealth helping others? What's the point of experiencing all these things? And it's only you who knows what you learned from there. So I want to encourage you to think about experience wealth in terms of the gifts, the talents, and everything you've done that makes you um, decide how to live your life and that actually influences how you lead your life. The last one, financial wealth. Note that I don't call it money wealth, though money is a critical, critical piece of financial wealth. And so when you think about financial wealth, think about your relationship with money. Um, I've hired money coaches in the past and they have really helped me. They've helped me as an individual, helped us as a couple, and now helping uh, me in my business. As your relationship with money, maybe you have a poverty mentality in terms of you're always chasing money mm? <laughs> and money doesn't want to be caught. And then on the flip side, you also may have an abundance mentality around money. I remember one time a couple of years ago and we were going through a very tough time um, as a family. And, and one of the things that I, I wondered about is because a very close family member was unwell. And I wondered about how we would manage the bills. And the bills were heavy. And we didn't know how long it would take um, for his recovery. I was wondering, how will we get through this time? And I decided to even name my year. That particular year was, the word of the year was abundance. Abundance, which was very contrary to how I was feeling. But I wanted to elevate where we were to where we wanted to go first with my mindset, my heart set, my soul set. And so we got through that period of time. It was miraculous. And we're able to, to meet the, the financial requirements and, and he continued to recover. So it has a really happy ending in that sense. And so how about you? You know, maybe there's more month at the end of the money or maybe you are the kind who is luckier and has more money at the end of the month. I think it's not so much how much money we have. When I think about our parents and how much less they earned and how shocked they, they were. I remember we had a family meeting some years ago and um, the older parents and aunties and uncles were like, if we had a fraction of the amount of money you people, you young people earn, would have done so much more. Which then got me to think that it's not so much how much money you earn, how much money you make, but how you order that money. The discipline around your financial wealth. How do you save? How do you use that money? How do you spend it? How do you invest it? I'm so grateful to one of my first mentors who told me the minute you get onto your first job, get into a SACO, which is that um, savings and credit um, society, and make sure you have a standing order that before even the money gets to you, you have already deducted 
the savings. In other words, pay yourself first. Something that's very hard for a lot of entrepreneurs because a lot of entrepreneurs pay everybody. I remember during COVID, um, the pandemic, I'm the one who took the pay cut. Yeah, I chose not to give the pay cut to to my um, team members. And I said, you know what? I'm the founder, chief executive of Breakthrough Leadership Transformation. Maybe the first transformation must start with me. So let me let me take the pay cut. Let me take the heat on their behalf. And and I remember um, we were able to navigate that time. But listening to my coach now, as much as that was a good thing, one of the other things is to figure out as an entrepreneur, empire builder, business owner, pay yourself first. Hmm? In other words, pay yourself a salary. Make sure you save. Make sure you have personal investments that are separate from the business in investments. And I think that's not so easy for a lot of entrepreneurs, but I think it's important to separate your identity from the one of the business. If you're employed, it's sometimes so much easier. You don't have to think about payroll. You're always thinking about, okay, when is the money being paid? When is the salary being paid? When it's actually about to be paid, organize yourself in such a way that this is the season where a lot of people are getting either their bonuses or um, incentives. Again, one of my mentors told me that incentive or that pay increase, just save it. Just operate always at less than what it is that you have. Because when you do so, then you learn how to be prudent financially. But I think there's also um, a bit of money trauma that surrounds our relationship with money. If, for example, we come from a background where there was no money, then I see a lot of chief executives and leaders who are trying to ensure they are never going to be poor again. So they'll do anything to amass whatever wealth. And unfortunately, even if it may have been a noble intention that they don't want to be poor like they were in the past, unfortunately, that fear of being poor leads them sometimes to do things that may not be aligned to values or may be unethical because they're petrified from that fear of the past of we didn't have enough. We actually didn't have almost anything. So then I'm going to go ahead. So be careful and check your intentions when it comes to how you relate with money. When it comes to this um, financial wealth, um, I think it's important to do a personal balance sheet and, and to do that personal balance sheet regularly and to see what, what are your assets and which ones are long-term assets and which ones are, are short-term assets and, and what are your liabilities, who do you owe what, hmm? down to that person who you bought something or borrowed some little money the other day. Uh, you know, do that monthly and see um, where am I at? Am I in a net asset, net liability? And as a result of that, what do I need to do in the next month to reduce the amount of money I owe the bank, I owe the SACO, I owe whoever? And how can I also, in tandem, increase my assets? I think there's a big issue with a lot of Africans around land. Most people I have found um, in the past would always think assets must be land, which is not easy to liquidate. So it's important to also balance your short-term, um, near-cash kind of assets and those that are long-term. Wealth, 
financial wealth. Financial wealth. So important, but determined by everything else you do. I want to give a word of caution. And um, I'm reminded of when I when I got my, f- possibly one of the first awards, top 40 under 40. I was in my early 30s. It was such an honor. And I remember I, I drove up for a, for a reunion and I met um, some classmates we had been in college with. And, and I remember one guy just came up and told me, is that what you're driving? And you're a top 40 under 40? I mean, you should be driving a German car or whatever it is, yeah? And I said, actually, I'm so proud of this car that I drive. And it takes me from point A to B. And, and my car is not really my identity. And he's like, oops. And, and I remember being that confident because we had been brought up in such a way as to be detached from wealth. So it is okay to be wealthy. In fact, may you get the wealth that you desire and deserve, but get it ethically and get it with working hard and working well to solve a problem. Because wealth also, financial wealth, opens certain doors and can help you influence even more. So my prayer is actually that we be wealthy. However, let it not be that that wealth is directly connected to my identity. That that wealth should actually be a means to an end, not an end. You see the difference? So having it helps me achieve more of my purpose, which I'm coming to in a moment. But not having it doesn't mean I am less of a person. Okay? And I think in this day and age, those who don't have feel like they're less human. And so what can we do to also ensure financial inclusion around us, Mm -hmm. starting with the people who work with us and then our families, of course, relatives, mentees, and actually broadening that circle. So check your financial wealth, check your cash wealth, check your asset wealth, look at your personal balance sheet, and more, more than anything, look at your relationship with money. There's no way I can end this podcast without talking about purpose wealth. So many people are looking for their purpose. I don't know how many times I get an email, a LinkedIn, an inbox asking me, Dr. Pat, how did you figure out your purpose? And in my first book, Rise, I talk about it. And anyone who goes through a Rise Masterclass leaves and graduates with more clarity on their purpose. And so the goal is to figure out what your passion and interest is, what pain really gets to you, other people's pain. Maybe you've also experienced it. And where your passion and pain intersect is where your purpose is. I encourage you, Um, get in touch with us if you want to really delve a little deeper. But I have found purpose wealth is the overarching wealth that really helps you see everything you do in perspective. So what I'm doing today is wishing you the very, very best in raising your wealth across all these dimensions. I hope that this two-part podcast on wealth has helped to recalibrate how you look at time, how you look at finances, how you look at purpose, and also the wealth that we talked about in part one. Pushing you the very best, may you become your next best self by using, building, and having a legacy of wealth that is multi-generational. 